Ubisoft is suing Google and Apple. The ghost of Doom Eternal could be inside watching all of our computers. And an official Minecraft ceremony for graduating university students. Stay tuned for this and more in whatever this is. My name is Gary Clark. Today is the 18th of May, 2020. And we have how many stories today? Five stories. And here's the first story. Ubisoft is suing Google and Apple over a near carbon copy of Rainbow Six Siege. This story is originally by Edward Peterson over at Bloomberg. According to court documents seen by Bloomberg, Ubisoft described the game as a near quote, carbon copy of its popular multiplayer shooter. Now they've apparently already filed a complaint with both Google and Apple, but neither of them have actually reached back. Both Apple and Google have failed to remove the Area F2 from the mobile app store. Virtually every aspect of Area 52 is copied from Rainbow Six Siege, from the operator selection screen to the final scoring screen and everything in between. Now this has happened before, both Bethesda and Behaviour Interactive from last year had a kind of a tiff between Westworld and Fallout Shelter. Both mobile app games in that situation were both created by the same developer, which is Behaviour Interactive. So the Westworld mobile game seemed to be copying almost exactly the formula of Fallout Shelter. And even in one case, that it had the exact same bug as Fallout Shelter, which means that they probably stole the exact same code in certain cases. Now, of course, that was settled outside of court, so maybe we won't find out if, but most likely it was. And we've also had this similar situation happen with Tencent, or rather with two of their subsidiaries that they have shares in, both PUBG and Fortnite, or in that case, the PUBG Corp, at the time Bluehole, and Epic Games, where they had similar gripes that Fortnite had just taken the formula of PUBG and were seeking recompensation, which I believe was also settled outside of court. I'm most likely going with the trend, this will probably be settled outside of court as well, as many of these conversations do. Though I do look forward to more updates on the story, if there is anything, because more tiffs between larger companies is more entertainment for us. But of course, these games are nothing alike. I mean, look at the difference. Area F2, or Area 52, is a close quarters combat FPS. It's realistic scenes with destructible walls, see? 20 plus agents with exclusive gadgets, multidimensional combat approaches, you can deploy drones to gather intelligence, and Rainbow Six Siege has... Oh. Story number two. Gamescom is coming back in a major way. A digital way. This story is over at gamesindustry.biz by Matthew Handran. Now, two big pillars of summer is that you had E3 at the start of the summer, and at the end of the summer, you had Gamescom. So you had one in the United States and one in Europe. And so it has been that way for countless millennia. Now, of course, this is all changing this year since E3 is actually not going to happen. So a lot of the question was, is Gamescom going to happen? So Gamescom decided to do a digital event and have it spread out over two weeks. So this is how it's going to work. Opening Night Live will return on August 27th, while each day from August 28th to 30 will feature developer interviews under the Gamescom Studios brand and a wrap-up on the Gamescom Daily Show. There will also be a dedicated channel for smaller games, Awesome Indies, and a best-of-show event at the end of the week. We're not presenting all of the content ourselves, but relying on the content of everybody who is partnering. We're building the hub that allows everybody to find everything that happens at Gamescom. Alongside the consumer-facing platform will be Devcom, the developer-focused conference that debuted in 2017. Devcom 2020 will take place across 14 days with pre-recorded talks. Now, it has to be two weeks, otherwise people will not be able to consume 
all of the content that we're giving. Falk describes 2020 as, quote, an investment year. It affords a unique freedom to experiment with new ideas and formats. And I have to say with this outcome, it's probably the best they could go for in this situation. E3 didn't really have a face to this, and it seems nice that they have someone who's actually going out to talk about it. E3 was just a kind of bland, very marketed and very unsure, a very business-like approach and to the formula post about all of this, kind of just, oh, we're not going to do it, and this is the reasons why, despite many issues about the event itself, prior to anything to do with cancellations or COVID-19. Just trust and safety issues with privacy information was a big issue with E3. And also, even if the event is necessary in recent times, given that developers are just going to be showing off their products online and using the internet. But a very good point raised in this article is that Felix Fox says himself that just having an event that people recognize will be a way to push them. And that extending it out to the two weeks will give it more room to breathe for certain, especially indie titles, to find their footing in the content cycle that we have. And having so many different types of events, like a daily show, a DevCom-focused event, and also just a Gamescom Studios branding that they're doing, it means that they can focus all of this, and even, it's going to be the end of the Summer Gaming Fest, of the four months from May to August, and so this being the culmination of these four months of announcements that have been all racked up, and you're going to have a lot of big announcements towards the end of it, it's going to be like the finale of a night series. It's going to be like a big season finale, really. And it's nice to know that there's something being curated and happening convention-wise, so we know where to look to if we want to see something big happening. Story number three. People are very unhappy over an anti-cheat software from Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal has gotten 1,000 negative reviews per day since the 15th of May. And this seems to be due to an update that happened around that time that adds a new anti-cheat software that you have to download as part of the patch. Now the game's first patch rolls out Denuvo anti-cheat, which is apparently GDR compliant according to the developer. But this seems to be coming outwards and ripples from the beta of the shooter Valorant from Riot Games, which also had one called Vanguard that has similar issues with people worrying that since it's always on, that it's gonna block some of their usage on their computers. And in some cases, you'll have to reboot your computer if you want to be able to play that game after downloading the patch. Now, since then, Valorant have said that you're able to uninstall Vanguard and just play the game anyway. So every time you want to play a game, you'll have to restart your computer. So turn it on, play the game, restart the computer, then play the game. It's not that complicated. But of course, a big issue is that if you were to have this software that it just disables certain features, it'll go through your drivers and it'll think that maybe this isn't okay or that this could have cheating. So this anti-cheat software is preemptively disallowing drivers to drive and work. And that's the similar issue that's happening with Doom Eternal. Most likely you can see them taking this out, or if not, they're gonna have a lot of bad press on their hands. Fourth story. Just like any graduating ceremony, you walk up to the platform, 
you take that piece of paper and then you grab your virtual cap and throw it into the air. That's right, virtual cap, because we don't have real caps in the future. In UC Berkeley in California, there's been a virtual graduation ceremony in Minecraft, and this story is by Tom Phillips over at yourgamer.net. Let's get into it. Lydia Winters, brand director at Minecraft developer Mojang, was one of several names from the world of gaming to give an address alongside Twitch co-founder Justin Kahn. Surprise, surprise, a representative of Mojang. Not product placement whatsoever. UC Berkeley's virtual graduation ceremony occurred yesterday, the same day Minecraft itself celebrated its 11th birthday. Isn't that nice? Two special days. And the fifth and final story. The Epic Games Store has given away more than $2,000 in free games so far. This is by Vicky Blake over at yourgamer.net. This is just an interesting story because since December of 2018, the Epic Game Store has been giving away free games at least one or two every week. In some weeks, Four. And as calculated by PC Games N, this has been calculated up to $2,140.94 or £1,700. And also considering this, if you're watching this video and it is before or on the 21st of May, feel free to go to the Epic Games Store and claim your copy of GTA 5, which actually crashed the store for about a day. And even I wasn't able to get into it to try and get the game, but since then I have acquired it and look forward to playing it for one of the first times. I've never gone near the online whatsoever, and I've only played a little bit of the story mode. So I want to see what everybody's talking about and want to try those sweet, sweet mods. Ooh. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Gary Clark, and this has been whatever this is. If you've any other suggestions or if you just want to drop some comments or advice down below, go ahead or follow the links in the description. They can just private message me and just be like, hey, how's it going? I take all criticisms and all advice as I'm just trying to figure this out as I go along. Or if you have another name for the show, please let me know. I'm still not sure whether I'm going to keep calling it this or it might be something else. You might have a hand in that. So until then, stay safe, stay aware. I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.